Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. I'm Alexa, and today I have a fellow chronic pain warrior, Lauren, and I'm really excited to talk about with her and her story. Um, hi, Lauren, you there? Hi, Alexa, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm so excited we could connect. Um, we found each other on social media, and it was just like really cool. Yes, yeah, happy to talk with you. So, how are you today? <laughs> I am feeling good today. Today's a good day. Oh, good. That's great. Um, yeah. So, we obviously both have our issues with chronic pain and mm-hmm. the, the guilt and feelings that comes from it. Absolutely. Um, so, if you want to maybe tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. Yeah, back in about 2012, I, I started having leg pain and um, didn't know where it was coming from, really didn't understand you know, much about it, and it just progressed and was getting worse and worse. Um, went to many doctors, family practice on down to try to find out, and you know, ultimately it was sciatic nerve pain from back problems. And um, it took it took three years from the time it was you know began until it until I had surgery and you know figured everything out. So it was a long long three year process. Yeah. What um, what were some of the things you had to go through like during your like diagnosis process? Well, and and that was that is probably one of my biggest frustrations is that. You know, you couldn't just go from the first step of going to your primary care doctor and saying, you know, I'm having this problem, let's get a CT scan or an MRI and get this diagnosed. Insurance doesn't want to pay for that, so they want you to jump through a hundred hoops before they'll go to that next step. So I went from, you know, family practice to chiropractic Mm -hmm. to multiple physical therapists to acupuncture, which I didn't know that I even believed in, but I was willing to do anything yeah. to help the pain. Um, I, I went to pain management doctors. I had you know, injections in my back to see if that could help the pain. Um, and then finally, the next, you know, next step was to the neurospine surgeon. And then he was able to order you know, any of the scans to see what we were really dealing with. Yeah, no, it it is very frustrating. Um, like I had, I actually pretty much went to like the same route you did, like with oh, my really? pain. Yeah, mine was like from a head injury, um, huh. but like I had because I had neck issues. Like I, um, yeah, I had to go like to the chiropractor. Then I went to like a neuro neurologist. But I, then I feel like if they did the scans first they would I feel like things that a chiropractor did and some of the physical therapists did to strengthen my core and do all these things really ultimately were worse on my back Mm -hmm. than they I shouldn't have had these things done if once you look at the scans MRI and realize oh there's bigger issues here right like you you shouldn't be doing it blind Yes, exactly. Like, I feel like the step, first step would be going and getting your diagnosis, figuring out what it is, and then having a plan, like a treatment plan from there. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> seems like safer bet. Yeah, it's definitely... And, you know, shaves off years off of, you know, pain and suffering for, for people who are trying to figure out what's going on. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely, it was rough. Um, I mean, I only had it like about a year in between when it happened in my diagnosis. So like, I'm luckily I didn't have three years, but like. Well, a year's a long time to, to be uncomfortable and to not know what's going on. Yeah, did you ever have like any doctors or anyone kind of like try and make it that it wasn't that you didn't have anything wrong or you know, I never had any anyone not believe me, but it was more of I, I tend to smile a lot and <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, one of my most significant memories is that I was in the spinal surgeon's office and I was trying to explain to him my symptoms and trying to explain how bad it really was, but I tend to be pretty smiley and it's pretty deceptive on how I'm really feeling, I think, at times. And he finally looked at me and said that, you know, I can see you're smiling, but I sense that you're in a lot of pain. And, you know, I broke down and I was like, oh, finally, somebody really gets it. Because I didn't know how to explain, you know, there's the pain scale, but... I think it's the worst, <laughs> you know, people, yeah, people say, you know, I have a headache. It's a 12 on a scale of one to 10. And I don't think that people use that scale as it should be. And, you know, it's hard to convey how, how painful, you know, how much pain you're in. Yeah, no, it is because like, okay, so what's the difference between like, it's normally like what, like a one to three, then like four to five or four to six and maybe eight to nine, 10, whatever. But like, Sometimes, right. how do you d- determine the difference between one versus the other? <laughs> oh, you're breaking up on me, Alexa. Oh. Um, no, it's the, like with the pain scale, it can be yes. hard to like determine what the different, like between what's a three and a five or... Right, and it's so subjective. Yeah. Everybody handles pain differently. Yes, very much so. Um, one thing I've also learned is, and like kind of what we're talking about now, it's important to be your own advocate. Uh, absolutely. Um, what did you have? You were did you learn that from the very beginning? Did you learn that throughout the process that like you know your body more than anyone else? Yeah, but you know you sort of feel and. <laughs> you end up feeling crazy because, you know, you go to all these specialists and you go to all these, you know, subspecialists and we don't see anything wrong with you and you need to exercise and you need to do this and that and the other. And you're thinking, you know, I can't get through the day. I'm miserable. And you tend to wonder, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's in my mind. Yeah, no, I, and then that's like, you have guilt then. Like you're putting people you love, like besides yourself, like through all this but it's not your fault. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Do you, so like, where were you, were you married? Were you, did you have kids? What was like, where were you in the process when you were getting diagnosed, when you got diagnosed? So um, I am married. I was married at the time as well. And I had two kids, um, six and eight. And the mommy guilt is strong. And the mommy guilt on a good day is incredibly strong. But the mommy guilt on, you know, days that you cannot do things with them and for them, it's just, it's devastating. Yeah. Was your family, like, really supportive with you? 
you're breaking up. Can you repeat it? Oh, sorry. Um, were you like, was your family like, you're very, were they really supportive with you? Did they help you like through? Incredibly supportive. Um, but my kids were so little that yeah. they, you know, they wanted mommy to come to the park and mommy to stand at the parties and, you know, do all these things. So they didn't understand. My husband was incredibly supportive, but he was he's at work. And, you know, I, I still had to be home and doing laundry and cooking and helping and, you know, doing all the things a mom does. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I'm like nervous for it because like right now I'm just in a I'm in a relationship, um, but like I don't have kids or anything right now, and it's nerve wracking to even like imagine having kids during all this. Oh, so are you still going through the pain as yeah. we speak? Yeah, I. Oh. It's like probably right now it's like a permanent thing, but I'm getting through it day by day. Oh, I am so sorry. It's okay. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> it's just and, and the worry of you know dealing it with, with with it with children is very real because kids are you know tough on a good day. Yeah. Like I'll be with like my boyfriend and his family and like he has nieces and nephews and it's like fun to play with them and be with them. But like even after a couple hours, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, with others, you can give them back with your own. You've got to make plans, and it's tough. Yeah. Um, when, I guess, what is some, like, advice, maybe, that you would give someone, like, on their tough day? You know, I was thinking about that, and I, I feel like on my darkest days, laughter has helped me through. Um, it's... It certainly doesn't take the pain away, but if you can keep a good humor about anything and everything, it does help. It keeps... Are you there? Yeah. It just keeps your your spirits up. It, it just lets you know that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I would lay in bed at night and, you know, watch funny YouTube videos and bloopers and you know, anything that just was lighthearted because, you know, you, you do, you get down, you get depressed and you just need anything and everything that can lift you up and absolutely going to therapy, talking to someone, it's, you know, it's a big deal. Pain yeah. just affects every aspect of your life. Yeah, like I don't even remember a day I'm not exhausted. <laughs> it's yeah. it's tiring, like. But it, it is, and I think the, the guilt of, not, I don't know if guilt's the right word, but, you know, it's the only thing that you're thinking about on a constant basis is how you're feeling. You're you're uncomfortable, you're in pain, you're, and it affects every aspect. And, you know, in relationships and friendships, mm-hmm. I always felt that, you know, they don't want to hear anybody complaining about pain. And it, it was a very difficult sort of dance because you don't want to... To share too much because nobody wants to hear about somebody not feeling well. Yeah. You know? Or but like, you need to express it to someone. Exactly. Like, I, um, sometimes you'll be, like, someone will say, like, how are you? And I kind of just say, like, okay, or I'm fine, because I'm not going to just sit yeah. and say, I'm terrible. I mean. I think that <laughs> that's really important is to find someone, and there's support groups for chronic pain. And I think you're obviously, you know, spearheading this. I think to find someone that can share, you know, a similar experience 
Um, it just so happened that during my experience, my very best friend from the time we were children was going through a really similar situation, same surgeon, everything. And she and I were able to sort of just lay it all out and cry on the phone and complain. And it really helped. That, that truly is probably my best tip. Find someone that you can just really be raw with. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you is were, during like your worst time or just in general, were you able to find support like either online or with people uh, maybe you knew yeah. going through it? So <laughs> my my husband was the best. My husband was a, a dream and so incredibly supportive. But my best friend who was going through the same pain and the same worry that you know nobody wants to hear about it. You know, it, it was wonderful to have her. And I know she felt the same way. I was able to hear her complaints and worries and stresses, and she was able to to shoulder mine, too. So it really did make a big difference. Yeah, no, I could see that. Like, I know a couple people, like, going through different, like, types of pain. So it's just, it's all different, but pain is pain. Mm -hmm. It is. It really is. But, yeah, I think that if you could find a support group that has, you know, some women your age that you know are on the brink of motherhood or on the you know and have have similar concerns and worries I think that that's really important yeah no it's because it's scary sometimes too because even if what you have isn't let's say progressive or life-threatening you still don't know what the future holds like you don't know yeah how you're gonna feel tomorrow a week from now a year from now right so it's like nice to have people How are you doing today? So I had in 2015, in June of 2015, I had a discectomy and laminectomy. And six months after that, I had a lumbar spinal fusion. And I am one of the lucky, lucky people who it worked so beautifully for. I am completely pain-free in my back and my leg. Um. And I, I couldn't be more grateful. I do not take it for granted. I think about it for more, probably more often than I should about how grateful I am. I do have to say I worry probably more often than I should as well that what does tomorrow bring? Because you do. Yeah. You worry that, you know, is it going to come back? You don't you live in fear of that. Yeah, and it's hard. It's But I will say one thing really quick is that's amazing that, like, you're pain-free. Like, I think that's so incredible. And I'm so happy to share that because you mentioned, you know, any type of surgery or back surgery, any of that, and people automatically tell you horror stories. And (laughs) it's not what you want to hear. And, yes, there are, you know, bad stories, but there are success stories. And I don't think that those are shared as, as often. Yeah, no, I agree. Like a lot of times like people I've talked to or like seen and they're all it's very much like the same like it's everyone's in pain still. So like it's nice to like hear that there is someone there are people out there that actually do get relief. Yes, yes. Because that, you know, deciding to have surgery and knowing the risks that you could make things worse, you know, that's the whole process in and of itself to worry about. So yeah, there is hope. There is help, and you know, you if you do your research and find a great surgeon, you can you know potentially get some well, much needed relief. Yeah. So, like, how did it? 
when you were like when you became pain free, was it like just one day? Like after a while, you like from after surgery and everything and recovery, like did you like wake up and were feeling great or? So after the first surgery that I had in June, I I was you know incredibly sore from the surgery, but pretty quickly I realized my I had such bad leg pain from the back, and I pretty quickly realized that it was still there, and I was just devastated, and that's why I had to have the second surgery. So after the second surgery, I was obviously in a lot of pain from the surgery, but pretty quickly realized that that leg pain was gone, and. It's almost like you're just you're waiting to feel it, and you're like, "Wait, is is it a phantom pain? Did I feel something?" You're worried that you do feel it. Yeah. But it was pretty. It was pretty much night and day. It was done. There wasn't, you know, bones and and things pressing on nerves. So it was significant. It was immediate. And once they, you know, healed from the actual surgery, yeah, it was just it was a beautiful thing. Wow, I'm really like excited for you. Like that's so cool. Thank you, thank you so much. And I wish for you relief. I wish for everybody experiencing this chronic pain of, of any sort just relief. It's just awful. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. It's it's rough, but like hearing other people's stories um, can kind of show that there is a possibility, and just like kind of have to just be positive and be strong. Yeah, that's what we're here to do—is to support each other, right? Yeah. Do you ever still have? Do you have days? Do you have like some pain, or is it like is it just gone right now? That particular pain—I mean, listen—is we all get older, we all have aches yeah. and pains, but no, <laughs> not no. I don't have that same pain. It's just gone. And this was pain that I had to use a scooter at the grocery store. I had—I couldn't stand in a grocery line. My husband had to buy me a rolling chair to cook in. I couldn't stand. Yeah. So it, you know, went from being just absolutely, you know, there was I couldn't function to you know, it really gave me my life back. Yeah, it's scary. Like when you can't even stand. Like that's a normal. It's like we realize how much we can. We do take life for granted. And you know, the other thing is, is that when you're relatively young and are you look relatively healthy people don't you know you drive around in a scooter at your local grocery store and people stare at you and they wonder if you're lazy you know what why you're in it and it taught me so much more empathy i think i'm pretty empathetic on on most days but this experience has just shown me you don't know what people are going through and don't assume yeah no i actually agree completely like you know, sometimes like, I think before all this happened, like I would thought I was empathetic too, but now even more so, because mm-hmm. you don't know any person you pass. Like someone could give you, someone working somewhere could give you attitude. Well, maybe they're having a really bad pain day and you just don't know. Right, right. You know, you hear somebody in line sigh and like shuffle their feet and you wonder you know are they hurting are they you know uncomfortable because you you know you've been there yeah or i'll get dirty looks sometimes like if i'm in a park in a handicap because it hurts for me to walk far yes yeah like yeah people think if you're not on crutches or have a cast or you know a wheelchair that you're young you should be fine right but you just don't know yeah no well 
Thank you so much for joining me today. Like your story is really inspiring and thank you so I'm much really for shedding light that on I got this to and share talking this. about it. It's so important. Yes, and I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much Alexa. I wish you well. I really really do. I hope you get some good relief. Thank you. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was another episode of With Love Alexa. See, even with chronic pain, you can still eventually find relief. Um, I'm so excited that I got to talk to Lauren, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you next time.